1: Yeah.
0: For the spot for blues hockey in St. Louis, join the best blues party in town at one of the 10 area Hot Shots sports bar and grill locations this season. Pull up a seat and score great game day specials on Jack Daniels, New Amsterdam vodka, and Jameson cocktails served up by the Hot Shots crew. And don't forget, every time the Blues score five or more goals this season, it's $1 tacos all day long the next day. Get the full rundown at hotshotsbar.com slash blues. Hot Shots is a proud partner of the St. Louis Blues. I think we're going to start. It is the last-minute blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton—the third or the fourth time—is a charm, gentlemen, isn't it?
1: know <laughs> oh, what you're talking about? Everything's good, man, over here.
2: You'd think by now that Jeff, you know, would have this figured out, but every time it's an here adventure. It is. Here we go. And is- I'd like to say I'm surprised. Oh yeah, but I'm not. Well,
0: but but then it also like works out because then the the the, the ball busting after the fact is so worth it. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm getting pretty crap great. from a guy
1: that I'm assuming was never a healthy scratch in his entire career. Right? <laughs> oh, Me not geez. knowing how to do production thirty years into my in my radio career is like being a healthy scratch to be honest with you. It really, and I'm not even hurt. You know will what I'm be in a minute though. <laughs> Keep that up. <laughs> Okay, and we're on the way.
0: Okay, right. so so obviously we're going to talk about some hockey uh, in a bit, but I gotta I gotta ask you, dude, something here real quick. This is a complete and one hundred percent nothing to do with hockey, first world problem, and I want you guys to to weigh in on this. All right. So a couple months ago, I made plans to go to Kansas City tomorrow night to see Ben Folds and Violent Femmes. Mm-hmm. Ben Folds, one of my favorite artists of all time. As a matter of fact, that's why my oldest is named Ben, because of Ben Folds.
1: His daughter's name is Fold. That is incorrect, right. but anyway. I got it. Thank anyway, you. So Over.
0: anyway, made these plans forever ago. And in the course of the last couple weeks, I've had to take some days off because we've had some things popping around the house. So now we're supposed to go tomorrow. My son is super excited to go. I don't want to go.
1: Not, why I, don't you want to go? Because yeah, man, wait. well, because
0: wow. dudes, like, I, here's the thing: I don't want to do the four-hour because we're not staying over, so it's just going to be a four-hour drive to KC to see Ben Folds, to see the Fems, and then to come back. And there has been so much crap happening this week that, dude, I just feel like an old man that wants to like stay at home tomorrow night and watch a ball game. You know what I I'm saying?
1: I get it. I get it. It sucks when the drive takes longer than how long you're going to even be there.
2: That's what I'm saying.
1: Well, yeah. it sucks because
2: the drive home, like, you, two things. One, you probably don't want to get all banged up in front of your kids, right? Because we know we go to the concert, we going right, to get all banged yeah, up right, a little yeah. bit, right? <laughs> like, right. right.
0: For me is, is 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 easier than I think. Yeah, for you're some other looking folks. at the wrong
2: person when you say that. Me, look at me. What I was actually what I was doing there, Jeff, is I was using Donnie to uh-huh. get to you. Yeah, you were talk, I mean, like that. When Donnie I have, was the
1: conduit, right? You know, like yeah. oh, I have
2: a friend of mine that I'm asking for. <laughs> right. I was trying to help you out there a little bit, but uh, no. But I, I get it. Okay. Now let me ask you. As I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm wondering why are you not spending the night? We are not spending the
0: night because I just didn't want to put. I didn't want to put down a hundred bucks or whatever to to stay, to just come to turn back around. So basically, you don't want to
1: spend a hundred dollars
2: just to sleep. So I, your much- kids. Yeah is not worth $100 is right, what you're that's saying. that's what I'm getting from That's what you're saying. Yeah, the experience a isn't worth $100 yeah. to you. Yeah. Does, does this, it help
0: at all that I took my kid to
2: Detroit a few weeks ago? Not he, really. That's, he's kind play? yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind a of a punishment. I played in Detroit. That's kind of a punishment. I don't know if that's a bonding experience, yeah. except unless you had to go back-to-back when you were standing in the middle of Woodward Avenue and people were trying to mug you. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> could be bonding. Oh, yeah, Dude,
0: would, but you know what? On a, on a side note to that, I have never seen such aggressive panhandlers that we saw outside of Comerica in Detroit Really? Dude, it Donnie, was... they're
2: called muggers. Dude, it, was, dude, it was crazy. <laughs> like,
0: there were two different times before this one game that we went to where the, the panhandler was yelling at the person because they didn't give him any money. Like, oh almost starting a fight. It they was shame crazy. you.
2: They shame you into anyway, it, mean, for sure.
1: That's yeah. what it was. I hate to be this guy, but yeah. I got so uh, turned off, for lack of a better term, for uh, people panhandling a million years ago, they were still building the dome where the Rams came and went mm-hmm. when we were in the old building over there at Tucker, yeah. Cole, and, Cole Tucker. and Tucker, and they were still constructing. And I remember I was parked in front of there waiting at a, at a, at a traffic light, and this lady came up they, who was obviously homeless or at least dressed that way and was was, was panicking. and she knocked on the, the window of my car, and I rolled down the window, and she had a brand new pack of cigarettes unopened in her hand, another pack in the other hand that had three or four darts gone and one in her mouth and she's asking me for for money because her kids hadn't eaten today do they like
2: the taste of cigarettes? That's what I'm oh. saying. I
1: was like, you gotta be kidding me. Whether she went and purchased those cigarettes with her own money or with begged for money, or if somebody gave her those cigarettes, I don't care. Your kids are at home hungry or wherever they are, and you're walking around with cigarettes in your hand. From and that, and there was another guy, too. You remember the dude that was in the wheelchair that had the yellow flag on the back of his motorized wheelchair. He used to go to the old arena. We would see him walking to the thing no before way. the game, walking <laughs> he wasn't walking we were It's like trading places yeah it, it was That's what i was thinking <laughs> his As name was billy fact. valentine right. but billy ray valentine billy ray, but my point is i like like it was yesterday i remember my my older brother greg and i leaving the game we saw him and he had like a coffee a huge coffee can filled with money and we gave it to him and then we went down to the landing afterwards you remember the landing oh, yeah. we went down to the landing and he was already there by the time we got there because he had a cab waiting for him a limo uh, probably <laughs> a limo. Yeah, Jeez. exactly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so I, I can be a maybe. Rapper, he hired man. Clyde, the limo guy. <laughs>
1: oh,
0: Clyde! It's good. To, I just hope he's still working. Well, yeah. I guess still working. But he was working a lot back then, I suppose.
2: Yeah. So, I, so hang on. So let's cycle back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Donnie not wanting to spend a hundred dollars on his right. kid, on yeah. his kid, yeah. yeah, on the experience. Yeah. Please tell me why.
0: I just don't know. I just it feels like honestly the eight hour drive feels feels very daunting to see an hour ten Benfold set where I have probably seen before because he has not released a new album that has anything is new your,
1: that I love. Is your kid into him? Or, he uh, loves Benfold. Okay, mm-hmm. loves so that's your, that's your answer though.
2: Like you'd be like me taking my boys to go see Kiss and KC. I would drive the four and I understand oh it's an hour and a half I've seen this show before I've seen Gene Simmons spit fire I get it all you know but your kid hasn't had that yet yeah so you're literally handing down a
1: tradition to him
2: yeah but we've seen Ben Folds together before though okay maybe we that. should hook no.
1: ben, your son Ben up with like a big brother situation somebody that's gonna care you know what I mean? One yeah. of those guys. Jeff, that could i be- nominate you. Ooh. I bet oh, you yeah, don't Donnie. You know I'm no. out on that. I'm out <laughs> it, on that. And, and could it get any better than Jeff, though? Come on. And Donnie's on. in for the hotel after that. <laughs> yeah, and the designated driver. <laughs>
0: and, like, Mary was originally going to go, and now she's not going to go. And, like, it, it's just, like, it's... Turned into a legitimate almost cluster. Effect.
1: And here's the other thing: you, know what you what I mean? will have a chance to go see him with, go see Ben with Ben at another time. Yeah, dude. And I'm even thinking like, I mean, like it's a, it's not like it's a goodbye tour. Yeah, yeah but it's the Violent Femmes too.
0: Yeah, it's the Femmes. A little blister
2: in the sun, baby. Yeah,
0: man. And they're always so good. That was actually the Femmes were the first show I ever saw at Mississippi Nights. That was the first time oh, that I'd God. ever, wow. whatever, been to, wow. been to Mississippi Nights, which was a couple of, which I think was in the fall of like 1993. Three, I think would have been the first time
1: that I saw them. would have been the height of
2: Mississippi Nights. Yeah. That would
1: have been the height of it right yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about when people used to go down there. Wow. Oh, man, dude. He, you and I spent, I'm pointing <laughs> at Jamie, we spent a lot of weekends there one night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Dude, we, that, uh, oh my I, God. one of my, and that's one of my best and least favorite memories about when I hung out with you and Jimmy Campbell was when we would go out a lot and we were there and and I Statute of limitations, or hopefully you're not hanging around with this dude anymore. But you know how the, the the dudes and they were they were you guys were kind of a big deal at the time, and hangers on. Oh, the backpatter yeah. club, dude! I hate it, and I'm getting goosebumps right now because possibly I have diarrhea, but also because of this memory, Jeez. which is doing this, waving his empty Bud Light bottle at either you or Jimmy, just going, "Give me another one." Like this, one of your hangers-on
2: guys. That was got to be Jimmy's, because uh, my uh, hangers-on whoever it was going to punch hush. in the mouth. I right would there. hope
1: so. It was talking to somebody and just, hey, Jimmy, this. You know? Oh, I hated that so much, because I was always that guy with you. Did I let you buy? abs of freaking don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, I'm like, Jeff, please, you never left sober. Yeah, Come but on. I never in a million years expected it.
0: Oh, dude, no. and you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that oh, to your buddy. My oh, my God.
1: my God.
2: Listen, you learn a lot of things in life, and- when you're really young and at the time, you know, now compared to what they make these days, it was nothing. But right. when you're making a paycheck that we were making, you really don't care. And when you're young, you're like, every night's a party. Yeah. Like, it just is. Like, when we go out, like, to feel the field of dreams, like, if you build it, he will come. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. will come. And it's like, oh, my God, it's fantastic. And you get not wrapped up in it, but you start to not care. And so these people want to hang out, and they actually become part of your fun, Right. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, when you call these people, they feel obligated to go out with you. Right. So it, in a weird way, you're kind of using them, too, because the not every night do you have your other teammates and all that that want to go out. And so you grab these 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 hangers on whatever those fish are called. You know, the fish that oh, hang yeah. on the sharks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And you go, hey, I was thinking about going to, let's just say, Mississippi Nights. You want to go, oh yeah, sure, oh yeah, well, why don't you call so and so too grab him and and her and him and her and and all of a sudden boom, you've got a party and you've really had nothing to do with it. you
1: just go out there. What was your uh, Donnie? And I know you got to have stories too uh, I would imagine the urge has uh at least one place in in this lexicon, but your craziest memory from Mississippi nights my
0: well, I'll tell you my most my well my my craziest one was that I got to sing bark like a dog with them on stage. And then stage dive off one of the monitors. Nice. And um, it was amazing because when Steve called me up on stage, I swear he was looking at somebody behind me. <laughs> right. And so then when they did finally bring me up on stage, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Right. Like, I'm on stage with my favorite band. The place is going absolutely bonkers. And, you know, I got to sing a couple lines or whatever, and then I got nervous and jumped off the jumped off the thing. <laughs> sure, but that was yeah. cool. But there was one night in particular that I remember um, after one of those urge shows where we closed the bar down, and then we went down the street somewhere,
1: I don't know, until three. Probably the Wax Museum someplace. Most likely. Educational. Like yeah. Most likely. Maybe the late mass.
0: We, we came <laughs> back. And they had opened the bar for us, but had turned most of the lights off, so it was just like kind of dim, mm-hmm. and just us in there hanging out and drinking being ridiculously wasted after a great night of hanging out, you know well,
1: like there's a couple of great ones, and I don't know if you went there enough to have some memories from there well you or can't not, forget but... I got a lot of friends
2: who were in the band circuit. you remember oh, a couple true. of those guys, yeah. and then uh, another group of friends that have you know, I don't want to say they've made it really big, but the kind of big news is seven dust, oh yeah yeah, yeah. and when those guys came through when they were just getting started, Mississippi Nights was on. You know, one of the, the road trips for them. This was, God, when they were just getting started.
1: But there was another band. Was it Seven Dust? There was another band with a number in it. Um, they played at the side door one time. But That was Double Drive. Was it Double Drive? Double yeah, drive. That, that's they not were a, a hell of a band, too. That's not yeah, a yeah, number. That's no, not. Yeah.
2: No, not a number at all. Yeah. But, but uh, they, they I like were, your effort. You were, like, really close <laughs> with them, right? I yeah, think... these guys were in my wedding party. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, spent a lot of crazy nights Double on drive. the circuit, we'll right. call it. And, and Mississippi Nights was... A regular stop for these smaller bands coming through. is a great venue, as you guys know. Anybody yeah. who was in Mississippi Nights at that in that
1: era yeah. is like, Oh my god, some great times. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorites was actually an urge show and it wasn't because of going up on stage because I wasn't Donnie with them. You were always the royal treatment. And one of my favorite Donnie Urge stories, I can't say, uh, but I'll tell you another time. Uh but that when can they... be purchased on the side <laughs> if you're willing to donate money. When they played with uh two skinny jays. Uh huh. And the only reason why, besides the fact that I you know i I didn't really know anything about two skinny Jays at the time, but now I do, and I still do listen to their Spotify every once in a while is I brought somebody to that show, and it was their first time ever seeing the urge live wow and and it's so great that you two are standing here with me because. Two great things to do with somebody is bring them to their first-ever Urge show, bring them to their first-ever Blues game. Yeah. And I've gotten to do both, and the the, the reaction on their face is uh, similar a lot
0: it, of times. I just remember that first urge show that I went to with my buddies— and the intensity level in that pit being something that I had never experienced before. And I've never been a quote-unquote tough guy, obviously. But I loved mixing it up in there. Yeah. And it was so amazing. And then also, too, like, they never felt like I knew they were a St. Louis band. But in my eyes, in my head, it, they were so much more than that. Yeah. They were just this amazing national band that everybody else was behind on that we knew about, you know? Yeah. So I just I just love that play. I, I just also, too, I miss... I love the pageant. I love Delmar Hall. I love the new venues that we have, but I love dirty, gnarly clubs where you're like, you know what? I'm not going number two in this bathroom. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way. There's just something kind of rock and roll about it, man, Uh, 100%. Presidents
1: Presidents of the United States of America, and I know you've heard this story before, but they played there a million years ago in Peaches and what was the other one? Kitty, uh, and kitty and Lump was the big one. I was at Mississippi Nights when they played. I heard the entire show but never saw a single thing of it because remember that when you walked in the front door, the men's bathroom was right there to the left? Yeah. Hammered when I got there. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll just go into the bathroom and just puke real quick. I was in there the entire show. Oh. And this is when my uh, morning show's billboard was up with you and Jimmy Campbell and, and the other people on the show. <laughs> yeah. And people would come into the bathroom, you remember there was no door on that stall. Oh, no. And they'd come in there go, "Oh, there's Burton puking. And I just I never saw a thing. I heard the entire thing in between. Ugh. That's
0: that's always that's always nice too. Yeah. When yeah. you're at your when you're at your best and yeah. somebody's like, "Hey, hey look Donnie, at how are you? Yeah. What's going on?" Well, I'm currently sitting in urgent care, so things aren't real great.
2: (laughs) I've had a couple of those moments. um, Not in urgent care, but where you look back on it now, and I remember specifically there was a night in a bar downtown here where I used to think it was funny to go to the bar after games, and uh, it was wintertime, so you'd have your trench coat, right? And I'd go to the bathroom and take my pants off, and then just wear the trench coat around and wait and see how long – it would take for people to notice that I wasn't wearing pants. Are, so, you, are you serious right now? I swear to God.
0: Now, can I, to clarification: like, not naked. Okay, I was going to say underwear. Boxers, on. No okay. boxers. Okay,
2: boxers right. are on. Still, still, still. Yeah, and, we are
1: still riding the law train here. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well,
2: not really, because I'm like, if I was wearing a swimsuit, nobody would say anything. That's a good point. Right.
1: Right, it is December and you're downtown at a bar, but okay.
2: And you pull the dress socks up, so you're looking like that dude that's hanging out by the schoolyard with a bag of candy,
1: right? You know? And that was your goal here. It to, was just to look to, just like that. Yes, it yeah. was.
2: That was exactly the goal. And I would go and come out and wait and see how long it took, and just drink and act and you know laugh and joke and do until somebody finally said, "Dude, are you wearing pants?" <laughs> and that was the game. And then we would set what bets, You know, what was
1: the longest. I like, did you go all night and nobody even said anything? Well, it went
2: so long one time that you have to up the ante.
1: Right? Oh, boy.
2: So then the next thing was the jacket came off. So then I had dress, shirt, tie, everything buttoned up normal, but no pants on. And then that took about four or five minutes before somebody noticed and came over. And then at that point, you know, the over under was set. And so somebody won the
1: pot of money that night.
0: Dude, I just can't imagine walking (laughs) to a bar going, (laughs) Holy <laughs> j- it's
2: Jamie River. Well, that's he doesn't thing. have any pants can't on. Do now, can't. <laughs> can't do that now. Can't do <laughs> like that now. It wouldn't say
1: anything. It'd just be
2: click. Back then, it would be. It was hilarious because people would laugh and then buy you a shot or whatever. Right. Oh, my yeah. God, I want to party with this guy. He's got no pants <laughs> on, you know. And now it'd be like horrifying, yeah. and I would be sent to yeah, somewhere
1: let- where the hockey news couldn't even find. <laughs> me. Right? Let's take a picture and ruin this guy's career and everything. Well, it so may have happened. Yeah, that's a good point. No, and here's the cool thing: is we can bring this all back around to actual hockey. Yeah. Because how cool is it that the urge has the goal song now down there and yeah. the, the year that
2: they win the cup and they oh played uh video coach assistant coach sean farrell had the cup for a day oh, that's in, right. yeah, at, at delmar hall at Del and yeah. the urge came yeah. and played the show which was fantastic by the way yeah that that
1: is thank you for the invite on that by they, the they were yeah, i uh, wasn't in charge of the invite list um <laughs> if you were even would have if been. i was it probably would have been the same yeah. <laughs> i love your honesty asshole anyway you know, <laughs> hey
0: real quick and speaking of the speaking of the cup uh jamie i'm curious to get your thought on this real quick to talk a little hockey I I cannot remember what writer it was that made a real big deal about Robbie Fabry uh, having Ken his Campbell. dog yeah having his dog eat out of the top of the cup. It to me seemed like a total crabby old man. Who cares? Crabby old man kind of thing to say. Ken Campbell agree? is a
2: weasel. Oh, okay? okay, he is. A, we'll call him a bird watcher. You know the guy that hangs out by the showers after the games and wants to try and interview you while you're showering. He's a bird watcher. Obviously, you can put two and two together with Mm -hmm. that. And he's just not a good guy. Anything he writes, he tries to write something that is negative. If you go through his history of articles with the Hockey News, it's always something, something stupid, too. Mm -hmm. And he picks fights with everybody. And this is just Ken Campbell being himself, acting like, oh, the, the, the Holy Grail, the Stanley Cup should not be eaten out of by a dog. Well, does Ken Campbell know what that cup has been through? Does Ken Campbell realize that the cup has a keeper of the cup now for a reason? Right.
1: Has he not seen any of the other pictures from any of the other years? He has,
2: but it's just him being, you know, I I call it, you know, what, what these days they call it, what, clickbait? Yeah. 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 He got his clicks. Yeah. And that's what he got. He got people's attention. And look, we're talking about man, it right we're now. We're talking
1: about him on this award winning podcast. <laughs> it's award winning. <laughs> exactly. I'm projecting.
2: But it makes me
0: feel better in a way, though, because when I see people write stupid stuff like that, I go, you know what? At least I'm not that level of crabby old man yet. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, same I'm, not, here. I'm, I'm not quite there, but it's just. Just looking for like attention. Much ado about nothing, man. Let these guys enjoy themselves, man. They worked their ass off for nine freaking months or however long it
2: was. Yeah. Do whatever they want with it. You know they own it for this period of time. Quite honestly, the team owns it until somebody takes it from them. So even though the NHL you know governs it and all that stuff, but right. my point is, is that you've you've won this trophy that so many have bled over and done all this and wanted it so bad and couldn't get it, and now you've got to do whatever the heck you want with it. And like I said, the keeper of the cup is there now so that they don't break the cup because the cup had a few times where it got launched and got thrown into a pool mm-hmm. off a of guy's upper deck and you know all Was this- that in Dallas. No, it was Pittsburgh. Okay, because I had always heard this. I hate that. to sell Mario Lemieux out, but wow. uh, But who was it? But uh, <laughs> actually, it was—I I forget. I, I'm not going to say because I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I do know that when Pittsburgh won it back to back in the '90s, that's when the keeper of the cup came. After that, because Pittsburgh was like out of control, <laughs> like it got left in a cab one oh, night, God. and the cab driver like called somebody the next day from the team was like, "Hey, I've got the Stanley Cup in my <laughs> cab." Like.
1: Oh, yeah. by, by the way, <laughs> what a I, tip. <laughs> a I, tip. Went to, I went to turn in my cab and there was a Stanley Cup in the back. The Who would have
0: thought? It, but don't worry, I put it in the minivan. Everything's I brought good. it in. Guys, it's your
1: table
2: right now. Guys let girls take it home
1: oh. for the night. You know,
2: wow. they meet somebody. Oh, my God, yeah, here, take
0: the cup. Oh, and a pretty good try opening out, line. Right? Yeah.
2: So. I mean, want to touch my cup? I've done a lot to try
0: to get late. I can't say I wouldn't try to do that. Right, either. yeah. I wouldn't put it past myself. Speaking of cup sizes, like lady,
1: hey, you know what? And we were talking, Chris Kerber was on, on the Riz show this morning with us, and he was talking about, You know, I think Riz said something like, when did it really sink in that this happened? And he said it really hasn't sunk in for him yet. I think it kind of has sunk a little, but to me, it's really going to be super, super real when the season starts. And you keep hearing people like Chris Kerber and Jamie Rivers on Fox Sports Midwest and on 101 ESPN and stuff saying, defending stanley cup champion man that to me is just going to be amazing when we hear that
2: it's crazy it's really crazy to think about it and you know you you pinch yourself a little bit from time to time because of how crazy it was last year yeah Yeah. talk about adversity and we've been over it a thousand times how many little obstacles how many big obstacles they had to overcome and they did it and they won the stanley cup first one in franchise history and everything that followed that was epic It's just been unbelievable. Yeah. And so now, yeah, I I think the next big moment is opening night when they raise the banner. Oh, my And, you know, the building's under renovations, right? It's got all this fancy new stuff. Purple
1: seats are gone. Purple seats
2: are gone. And now we're going to add a Stanley Cup champions banner.
1: Unbelievable. I, and, and again I was saying and Donnie I know you've probably seen this too <laughs> because I watch the NHL network even in the offseason, especially now that the blues won the Stanley Cup but they were they put a graphic up the other day of here's the teams that have won the Stanley Cups in the la- uh, Stanley Cup in the last 10 years or whatever and the blues were on that list you know what I mean? Yeah. Only once and we were at the bottom because we just did it but we were on the, on the list. We're included in the club now. Like when they do video montages of the NHL season coming up and all the... They have to in- include the blues now. Dude, it's... We're on the other side of the velvet rope. Well, one of my things... <laughs> what, of the things you know what I mean? I get it. I love my
0: walks. You know, I've been telling, I've been walking a lot the, the last month I saw Donnie on so.
1: 4th of July and he was walking. I go, what are you doing? He's like, getting in my steps. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and, uh, and look at him. Just walking through my neighborhood and the neighborhood's Around us, and seeing the flags and yards and the stickers on cars, and even the people that are walking around that have the Stanley Cup T-shirts, it makes me smile every single time. And I still don't feel like it's completely and one hundred percent sunk in. And then on top of it, when I start to like, you know, kind of let the, ho- you know, hockey season right around the corner, sort of thing, they're going to be frigging good again.
2: I mean, well, yeah, it's they're they're almost the exact same team. So, yeah, I, it's crazy. I, so, I mean, I'm
0: optimistic that we can make noise again. I understand back to back is very tough, all of those sorts of things. But, man, I mean, This is a really amazing time. And then also, too, as a sports fan in St. Louis, this Cardinal season has not been an easy one to watch. So, you know, this kind of blues hangover or whatever it's called has really kind of softened that, you know, that that sort of blow as well. It's just been a really rad thing for the city as a whole.
1: And we talked uh, last time we were here about Pat Maroon, and I completely get it that he's not coming back. Uh, and we did, a, we did a softball game a couple weekends ago where Pat Maroon was involved. And, of course, they, they had him talk with the crowd after the game. Yeah,
2: thanks for the invite on that yeah, one. I, too. If, I, like if
1: I was putting it together, you both would have been there. <laughs> Trust me. I would have exchanged you for at least one of the other legends that was there. Um, but in his speech to the crowd, it sounded like a goodbye. Yeah. It really did. And it makes sense. I mean, you broke it down before. If you got Barbashev left and you got Maroon, who are you going to sign? Well, look, and they're still they're struggling to – as it looks,
2: anyways, it appears that they're struggling to sign Barbashev. Where even today, the some of the headlines are that he's exploring options in the KHL. Wow! And it's not because he's trying to play hardball, but I get it. How often do you get to come off a season where you were an impact player like he was, where he has he doesn't have arbitration rights or anything of unrestricted free agency, so the only leverage he has is how good he played and a Stanley Cup ring. Not often. Do you get that leverage? Right. And so he's trying to, I believe, <clears throat> excuse me, he's trying to get a very similar deal to Oscar Sundquist, which I think he's worth every penny of that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's worth four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are almost mirror images of each other as far as statistically and all that stuff. But the trick is the Blues don't have a lot of money left. They've literally got like $2 million left. And and, and what was Sundquist's deal for? 4 years uh i think it's like 2.2 per season hmm. so he got a good deal he got a healthy deal right uh barbashev is looking for somewhere in the 2 million range is what i'm hearing and it'd be hard to argue that he's not worth it um will he will they run i'm sorry Jim, no, will run they out. run that is the goal to, to
0: not only to pay him but to not completely run right up to the limit of the cap cuz you want to give yourself a little bit of a breathing room
2: yeah, like Doug Armstrong has talked about how he wants to create a $1.5 million cushion so that if he has to acquire a guy or someone, like sometimes things get hairy. Sure. And you're like, oh boy. And you don't want to be just literally throwing players away because you have to get under the cap. But here we are in a situation where Barbashev's unsigned. Training camp's literally around the corner. we probably about a month away from training camp. And you have $2 million in cap space, but you've got to get a player signed for $2 million, which obviously would lead you to zero money left. So what do you do? So now he's probably, in my opinion, probably trying to explore avenues with some players that are fringe players about maybe making a deal or a trade or something to free up at least a million dollars. So
1: so you don't want to, uh, before the trade deadline, you don't want to be able to uh, not be able to do anything because you don't have any cap room is what you're saying. Or if somebody money gets left. hurt,
2: or you know, if you get a couple defensemen down or
0: something like that.
1: Well, yeah, that's it
2: right there. And, and now the league will let you carry a little bit over, you know, until the regular season. Like, it's like a five day period before the regular season starts where they're like, this is what you need to submit. And if you're over the cap, well, big problems. You yeah. know, nobody has been over the cap yet uh, since it's been. You know, put into position. I think 0-5 season. I remember because we were locked out for an entire season. Thank yeah, you, Gary Bettman. Yeah, boy, that's <clears> right, <throat> anyways. Yeah. Um, Wonder why everybody boos him. Yeah, can't imagine why. Uh, but anyways, so nobody's had that. They've teams have run up close to the cap and been in panic mode, but they've never had to face disciplinary action by the league for being over the cap. This would be a tough position. This okay. would put them right up there. They'd have to. They'd have to waive a guy and get rid of him, basically. Right.
1: So so you say, hey, maybe he's going to look at some of the fringe players. And I don't know if you're privy to this information, but is somebody like a Jordan Cairo, is he going to be ready this oh, year? I would, hope, I would hope he
0: wouldn't be a fringe
1: player. Uh, oh, well, uh, what I'm saying is somebody who wasn't uh, a player last year. Yeah, so I think he's I'm talking, talking about young different. kids that
2: are... Fringe player, to me, is somebody who's a healthy scratch regularly. Oh, okay, okay. You know, I, I, I that's was what thinking. I was, seeing. I was seeing like minors. Michael Delzado, Okay, gotcha. up for like okay. a fringe Robbie Fabry. Gotcha, okay. But, you know, the problem with that is your fringe players don't make a whole lot of money. Even if you even if you consider Jordan Cairo, a guy that you're like, wow, willing to get rid of, well, one, his contract isn't even on the cap right now. So they're up against the cap, and that's another reason, too, is what if Cairo makes the team? What if he's good enough to play? Now you've got Barbashev and Kyrie. Now you're way over the cap, right? Right. So now what do you do? So this is a very interesting scenario for Doug Armstrong. And
1: it can't be like a sign and trade or anything, anything like that either. I mean, why would you? I guess at that point, if you were going
2: to do that, you probably would have done that with somebody who uh, is bigger money,
1: even, and you would have done it a long time ago. Get, get more, get rid of more cap room that way. That's
2: but right. I yeah. Uh-huh. Right now, the only option is to trade with. No players coming back in the trade, so acquiring draft picks and things like that, or a minor league prospect, basically giving away a player, but you're trying to recoup some of it. Or you waive a guy and hope that he clears waivers so you can keep him in the minor leagues, or somebody picks him up, but then you lose a player for nothing. Right. It's tough. How do you see it breaking down, Jamie? (sighs) Well, they're going to sign Barbashev. They have to, in my opinion. He's not going to go to the KHL, Right. He's not going to do this for Boca, please. I don't think so. No, he's not. Listen, here's the thing. is He's not trying to go down that path. So Boca was kind of an arrogant decision to do what he did. I think Barbashev's in a situation where he sees guys around him, especially overall in the league, let alone teammates, that have signed deals that are comparable to what he should be paid. And it's probably tough for him to sit there and go, look it, I'm not going to sign a one-year deal at a million dollars for the team discount. Like, I made a million dollars last year, and I'm a Stanley Cup champion. And guess what? The t- You needed me to right. win this championship. Yeah, I was a point. part of that championship. Yeah. A I just wasn't in part the part of it. Right, right. That's right. right. So, you know, I, I just think that – I don't think he'll sign in the KHL. I think he'll use it as leverage. I think that he'll get offers. If he hasn't already, I think his agent will present those offers to Doug Armstrong saying, hey, look, this is real. So, you know, you better hurry up here. Um, I think he'll wait. I think this will bump right up to training camp the week of, and I think they'll get it done. And then I think Doug Armstrong will figure out where he can go from there. And guess what? A lot of times guys show up at camp, they're not in shape. They haven't been dedicated. They've let, you know, whatever. Stanley Cup hangover or they just haven't bared down.
1: And that makes it easy for a guy like Doug Armstrong because he's like, you know what? Uh, you're You're the one. Boom. And Barbashev, you were talk- We were talking yesterday. He already went through that whole hangover thing, right? Wasn't it him that was? <laughs> he had a good two year years and two years ago. Yeah. And he, he just had that kinda... big
2: year where he came up in the playoffs against Minnesota, and uh, Mike Yo had played him with Vladimir Tarasenko. They had a great, great run. They came back the following training camp and wasn't in shape. Yeah. He had enjoyed himself. We talked about it. he had a little too much borscht yes. over in, in Russia. <laughs>
1: I thought that was code for something, by the way, but that's it could actually be, food over there. Or could something. be
2: anything yeah. or food. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so then they sent him to the miners. Is anybody surprised? I know I am, that Robbie Fabry's still on the team? I yeah. thought that dude
0: would be and, almost player number one, not coming back.
2: Well, here's the, th- here's the deal. Is he's an asset, right? And so what you have to be careful of is just not qualifying for a very low number, too. Because you look at 900000 to to $1 million, I know it, sounds, it is a lot. But when you're qualifying a player that is of his status or what it once was, it's not a lot of money to hang on to his rights. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened is they qualified him. He signed the qualifying offer, making it you know, a full-blown contract in, in effect. If you just let him walk, like Robbie Fabry could be a nice chip in a trade somewhere where if you have trade player A throw in Robbie Fabry to a team, like let's say the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm -hmm. They've had a lot of, you know, trying to reclaim projects, reclamation projects down there where guys try to get their stuff back together. Right. So you throw in Robbie Fabry, all of a sudden the deal gets better coming back your way. And now you're a million dollars more off the books. So to just lose him for nothing, yeah, I think that would have been silly. Just I, to be like, oh, you can go goodbye. Yeah, and, well, yeah. and I'm not, I'm
0: not saying that I hope the Blues did that. I just thought the writing was sort of very much on
2: the wall. Yeah, for with a Craig and,
0: and and well, him. I think the writing
2: is on the wall. Okay, I think it is. Yeah, okay. um, you know, I don't think Chief is a huge fan, uh, and I don't think that Robbie's necessarily in the plans long term here, mm-hmm. but he is an asset. And so you got to figure out the best way to maximize that asset and figure out if it's by trade, if it's by throwing him in somewhere.
1: Yeah, so he's a a $900,000 chip that may not actually be valuable to the team on the ice but could be in a transaction somewhere. 100%.
2: Like if you're trying to hypothetically, trying to trade Jake Allen, Right, if you're trying to, and I'm just Oh insane. you hear this rumor? Did you hear the rumor? I know. Here guy? we go. Right? Brr, Twitter yeah. alert. Twitter alert. <laughs>
1: Call what's his name? Ken Campbell or whatever. Oh, yeah, there he is. is. Kenny Campbell. Yeah. yeah. He'll write it. But <laughs> if you were trying
2: to trade a player like that, and, you know, it's maybe a player that's not completely worth their value, you throw in a Robbie Fabry. And now you've got two players that now they equal the value about right. And you're like, okay, now we'll make that so deal. So
1: Robbie Favre is playing the position of added value. He's not a forward. He's an added value at this point. I believe and so, it's up, yes. It's up to him to change that. If, That's you, right, yeah, yeah, ultimately.
0: If you're Jordan Kyrou, if you are Kim Coston, isn't that Koston? Kim Coston, yeah.
1: Don't get his name wrong. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. He, he hates does. ball guys. Yeah. That too. Well, that's
0: <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> so if you're if you're those dudes, how how the hell you crack how do you crack this roster? How do you how do you crack it in a way, especially for like Jordan Cairo, where you're getting meaningful time and you're not just up here playing once every four games or five games? I mean, this seems like a team that's gonna be tough for these guys to make it. To make it on, a and good then it, thing. It, it's That's another oh, for sure. Yeah. But then it's another year of this high draft pick, where you know maybe he's not where he wants to be or needs to be
2: potentially. Well, here's the problem with what's happened with the NHL in the last five years, I'd say, maybe even longer. Is these young kids have just been given opportunity? They haven't earned it, and there's a lot of guys around the league that have turned into busts. Right, two years in, they're like people like Nah, he's not the player we thought. He was, he's only 21. Right, Klim Costin's 21 years old. I think maybe even 20. Mm-hmm. He's played two years in the minors. So imagine, you know, what his future could be. He hasn't even figured it out yet. Yeah. And Jordan Cairo, why would you rush him along? He spent last season, had a great season in the American Hockey League. Then he got injured. Then he couldn't even skate with the Black Aces in the playoffs. He had to go home and get therapy and this and that and the other. So why would you rush him back in the lineup? This reminds me, the Blues setup right now reminds me of teams when I came in the league where there was very little turnover. And a young guy that made your team, it's because he was that good that you needed him and wanted him on your team. It wasn't just because, well, he's
1: a high draft pick. We gotta- he's a Sidney Crosby is what you're talking about. You had to be that good you to had break to be- a lineup back then. That's the right youngster. because yeah.
2: they already had guys signed in that position. And so when you came in as a young guy, you literally took someone's job. And that was always awkward too because sure. you see the guy being called into the office after Ooh, a practice man. or a tryout or whatever you want to do.
1: And then he's packing his bags and leaving and you're unpacking and you're in the locker room with all of his buddies. That's right. And and their buddy is now out of. But a that's job what it's all about. You. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I that, mean, that's it, how everybody became
2: buddies because everybody made the team. That's exactly right. And it, that's how you created the competition. That's how you created guys who respected the game and respected the process of getting there. And so now, with the kids coming in nowadays, like sometimes they're just handed this opportunity and they yeah. don't really respect it. And then two three years of people are like, well, you know, he's not really the player. He doesn't have the character we thought he did. Well, no kidding. You just handed him the brass ring and said, oh,
1: uh, I don't care what you do with it. Like giving your 16-year-old a brand-new car on their 16th birthday. Some will handle it well. Some will not. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So, anyways, I think that this year the competition will be really high. It'll be through the roof. And if these young guys were smart, they would have trained all summer long, hoping and praying that one of these veterans partied a little too much and shows up to camp out of shape, and you can spot that guy on day one, and then you just go after that spot. Wow. Man, That's how it it works. So Do you know what
0: I can't imagine, man? And while you're thinking, while he was talking about this, I was just thinking like being that veteran that shows up out of shape and knowing
1: yeah, in your you head knew, that yeah. you're
0: plump or that you're a step slower.
1: Whew, yeah. Man. Yeah. Real before we uh go here uh do you does everybody have dates in their head like uh when training camp and and first games and all that stuff do we know any of that stuff? I don't remember. I don't either. I know a lot of it has been released, but it's I mean that's the crazy thing about winning the Stanley Cup. You turn around and and everything's starting again immediately. Yeah. Good. I
2: think training camp officially opens the week of September 16th. I believe. Um because I know guys are coming in the 14th, 15th and then they have testing set up. So that's usually indications that you know, something starts that week. However, I could be wrong and full of, you know what? Yes.
0: <laughs> hey, wait, so if we true. keep doing this podcast, are we going to, well, we're going to keep doing this podcast. Are, is there
2: going to be a point where we can like cuss? I mean, you can. I was I ready to let it to fly like to. three times today, yeah, but then too. you kind of looked at me, Donnie, like you're worried, like I was going to let it fly. <laughs> and then I feel like it's like I'm looking at my father and I'm like, oh, I better not I'd say, oh, gosh, darn it. Gosh, I'm darn dad. it. Anyway,
1: yeah. first of all, I am not old enough to be your father. Your mother and I dated briefly. <laughs> First of all, uh, I'm sorry. You call that dating? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Dating.
0: I, who I think, knew she was on Tinder? I did not know. I, 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 honestly I Rufy's think
1: this, on the first
2: date doesn't count. I, I think she this gave might him to me. I
0: think this might be the time to wrap it up. I'm I just saying, why. I don't know. Well, I wish
1: Jeff would have wrapped it up. I, I think, I, I think <laughs> if we I wouldn't have wrapped it up. We wouldn't know Jamie Rivers over here. I, I wonder. Son. I think
0: this is again a good place to to end the last minute blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, uh Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. You'll hear from us again very soon. Thank you as always for listening to downloading.